When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, strong arms and the best body parts. I am not genetically gifted to be predisposed to be good at arm wrestling. I just have a disgust for losing that most times outweighs my opponent's desire to win. So I got into a lot of compromising positions and matches, which is the reason I have lost over 19 half inches range of motion. My right arm, my right elbow has been fractured over 70 different times. My L-roll is horrible. The x-ray is terrific. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest is one of the greatest athletes that you might not have heard of. And he competes in a sport that we all have done at one time or another. This is professional arm wrestler Monster Michael Todd. So is this something that you set out to do, or was this something that just happened? I grew up in Arkansas. I actually was a martial artist first. So my dad took me to see Karate Kid, and I said, I've got to take karate. (laughs) So I started taking Shotokan karate, then I switched over to Taekwondo. But I actually thought growing up I was going to be like a martial arts action hero guy. I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be in movies, and I was going to be kicking everybody's butt in movies. Turned out. Uh, mess around in high school. Used to always arm wrestle my dad. When I was 15 years old, I finally beat him. My senior in high school, I could pretty much beat everybody. I was an English driver's ed in Votech. I was taking auto mechanics, and they pointed out a guy and said, that guy right there is second in the state. We got on the cafeteria table, and I beat him. He was like, you should go to this tournament. That was the Slane County Fair 31 years ago. Now I've won 21 world titles, 36 national trial, 36 national titles, and I've been to Europe 30-plus times, so. Why are you so good at it, right? Are you just unnaturally strong? Is it like the lever of your arm? What, what? Why are you good at it? I am not genetically gifted to be predisposed to be good at arm wrestling. I just have a disgust for losing that most times outweighs my opponent's desire to win. So as a kid, I was pretty strong. You know, uh, I didn't have a real good hand in wrist because I didn't do a lot of manual labor. I wasn't the hay hauling, you know, country Arkansan guy. I was kind of, you know, uh, more laid back chilling watching tv and stuff so i had a strong arm and for a long time throughout my career my arm was very very strong my hand and wrist was weak er so i got into a lot of compromising positions and matches which is the reason i have lost over 19 half inches range of motion my right arm my right elbow has been fractured over 70 different times my elbow is horrible the x-ray is terrific but uh now i've the last 11 years i've really focused on my hand and wrist a lot so 
so I mean, when I think of arm wrestling, I'm just thinking of my arm, right? Like I've arm wrestled before, but I would never say I know what muscles I've been using. Like, what's the dominant muscles that you're using when you're arm wrestling somebody? Well, just like you're trying to show right there, you're trying to push sideways. Arm wrestling is not a pushing sport. Most people start off arm wrestling just against their dad or friends or whatever, thinking it's just push your opponent sideways. Arm wrestling is a pulling sport. So the biggest muscle you're going to use is your back. But it doesn't matter how strong your back is. If your hand and wrist isn't strong enough to support it, it won't matter. So what you want to do is you start in the center of the table, hands in the center of the table, left to right. And on go, you want to pull your opponent to you. As quick as you can get them to you, the better. It's going to give you more leverage and then less leverage. And so if your hand and wrist isn't strong enough to support that pressure, your hand and wrist will dump. You open up your own arm. You expose yourself to your opponent. Uh, it's funny because people think there's so much technique involved, and there is. Like if I take two people, if I take a set of twins and I teach one how to arm wrestle, he's obviously going to kill the other one. But that doesn't mean that it's it's all technique and not strength. Strength is so subjective. Someone would look at a guy who's got a big bench press or a big squat, big deadlift. Like, that guy's strong. And he, you just know how to arm wrestle. You just know the technique. So his bench press, deadlift, or squat muscles are stronger than mine. My arm wrestling muscles are highly developed. Are you pretty strong, though, in other things, right? Like, obviously, you're a very strong arm wrestler. But are you, like, is your squat great? Is your bench great? I've done a 585 squat, a 605 deadlift, and a 520 bench. But I've had so many injuries right now. I'm probably a 425 bench, probably a, maybe a 495 squat, and probably a 550 deadlift. But I don't do those. I'm 48 years old. Um, I've been competing for 31 years. I don't do a lot of those traditional powerlifting moves anymore. What I do is I train chest one day, arms one day, back one day, legs one day, shoulders one day. And inside each one of those workouts, I do arm wrestling specific exercises. What are some, like, what's an arm wrestling specific exercise? So I have a uh, two-inch thick pipe that I slide over an Olympic bar, and I roll up weight this way, and then I let it down, I roll up weight back that way. Uh, I'll set up a, a pulley system, or I'll set up a cable, a handle, and an arm wrestling table in front of a pulley system, and I mimic arm wrestling with a specific handle that's going to make it, you know, use my technique, which is the outside top roll, and I'll do that, and then... I'll take battle ropes. And it's funny because people look at my battle ropes with my training circuits. And I'm like, oh, you're not doing the battle ropes right. I'm not trying to do the battle ropes for cardio. I'm trying to do the battle ropes so it blows up my hands because they're two-inch thick battle ropes so it blows them, fatigues your hands up. So my circuits, like, it's so funny. Uh, right, you must work out all the time. I work out about 15 minutes a day. It's just the hardest 15 minutes you've ever seen anybody work out because it's nonstop. I set a timer, and I don't stop until I'm done. But is one of, like, is your dominant hand bigger than the other one? From just all the injuries or from the work? or My right upper arm is about half inch bigger than my left. My right lower arm, my forearm, is about three-quarter inches bigger. So why why is that? Like, what did you – is it well, the, the bone? So I got into very bad positions with my hand compromised. I told you my arm was strong, my hand and wrist were weak. Got in very bad positions, and instead of letting the match go, I just pulled through them. For 20 years, I didn't have health insurance, so I never went to the doctor. I just had an injury, and I just kept training. Eventually, when I did have health insurance, my left elbow, the doctor misdiagnosed me in 2010, said I had a partially torn ligament. And what it was, I said I had a torn muscle. And what it was was a partially torn ligament. I had a world title match in London. I drove in, ready to go, uh, yeah, pow, made a tight ligament, ripped off the bone. Flexor mass rose up the forearm, the elbow dislocated six inches. I come back home and they got to do surgery. And while they, they're about to do surgery, I'm like, go ahead and x ray my right arm. And that's when he told me I had over 70 fractures in my right elbow. What, what was that doctor's face like? When he saw that uh, x-ray. X-rayed my right arm. The, the response from the doctors is that's the worst elbow I've ever seen. Uh, can I frame that picture and put it on my wall? 
or I don't understand how you have musculature in your arm. Your arm looks like what I would have, a, what I would expect a 300-year-old man's arm to look like. Why not switch to the other arm, like, for for arm wrestling purposes? Well, I'm, I've won 21 world titles and 36 national titles, and a damn near split right down the middle, um, about 50-50. Now, what that means is the left-hand competition is not as stiff as the right-hand competition because there's a lot more right-handed people. I've never been overall number one in the world left-handed. I've won, you know, numerous world titles and national titles. But I have been overall number one in the world right-handed, meaning of all the arm wrestlers walking the face here, I've been the man right-handed. Is there a huge difference between somebody's dominant hand and their offhand, usually? It varies from person to person. Uh, what has happened over the years and how I got started arm wrestling left-handed was in 1994. I went to the national championships in uh, Windsor Locks, Connecticut. And this is the first time they ever had left-handed in, at the nationals. And left-handed was on Friday, right-handed was on Saturday. Well, I couldn't stand to watch people arm wrestle without me, so I went ahead and entered the left. That's how I got started on wrestling left hand. When you when you look at a lot of people, who, you know, professionals like yourself who are at the very top, is there usually something like a a physical trait that they share besides just pure strength? Right? Like, is there a leverage thing? Like the forearm is shorter than the right? I think he, I don't know enough about anatomy to actually ask this question. That question the best way I can. Uh, normally, the the elite guys are gonna have big, strong, dominant hands. I don't have a massive hand. I have a thick hand. My hand is thick and meaty from training it, but it's not a massive hand. I'm six foot three, but I don't really have long levers, right? Um, Devin Laird, who's six six, has got like six eight, six nine levers. Um, the longer lever is better. A lot of people think the shorter arm is better. The longer lever, normally the longer lever is better if you know how to use it, right? Um, but yeah, big forearms, big hands, wrists. Uh, you don't see a whole lot. I mean, I'm a guy who does a lot of traditional weight training um a lot of arm wrestlers just do arm wrestling specific stuff now if you go to eastern europe which is where they're very very strong in eastern europe and some of the top competition in the world is from there especially under the 220 pound weight limit they pretty much dominate arm wrestling once you get the super heavyweights the top 10 in the world five of us are from north america so uh but we're all older like i'm 48 Devin's 46 jerry cataract's 48 Dave Chafee's in his 40s. Travis Bajan's in his 40s. I mean, now my training partner, Corey West, we call him the gorilla. He's my height, maybe a little bit taller, and he's 420 pounds. I got a video of him reaching down and grabbing a padlock and just snapping it off with his bare hand. He's a freak. Man. Now, you guys are all older. Is that because of, like, old man strength, basically, or just experience? That's a long time. We don't really have a – like, Corey is the one. He just turned 31 last week. I feel like he's the future – specifically for North American arm wrestling, but he, he very well could be the overall number one in the world at some point. Um, he's just, uh, he's a massive, massive human being, and he's just, he loves it. He tore his left bicep December 5th last year pulling Dave Chafee in Idaho, and prior to that, he was training, he was consistent, but he wasn't hungry. Uh, he was patient about his, his progress. Now he's hungry. He wants to hunt down everybody. That kid is, uh, watch out for him. He's, he's going to be something special. This is my knowledge about weightlifting and things like that, right? But it's much different. Like somebody's negative strength is so good, right? Like you can't maybe not be able to push something off of you, but you can keep it from coming down. Like how difficult is that to get somebody's arm to move in a way that they don't want it to move? Well, that's what's interesting about arm wrestling versus any other traditional weight training, strength sport, whatever you're going to get someone else's power, right? So you're applying a certain force, they're applying a certain force, and it really comes down to who's strong in these specific areas. So at a world-class level, we all know the techniques. 
comes down to who's stronger, but it could be who's stronger in their in their pinky muscle or their you know first finger, or their thumb. It just depends on whether you can get that that. So I'm an outside arm wrestler. I'm I'm a top roller, open top row, whatever. Some people are trying to get to bite down real hard on you and get you turned into a hook, and I'm trying to open their hand and open their wrist up. So it's just those counter pressures. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's, it's physical chess. How long, like when you're doing a specific, is it like, I know you go through rounds, but like how long is it the average round going to last? Okay, so most matches are pretty quick. I mean, 10, 20 seconds or less. I'm the guy that has the multiple minute long matches. Like I've had a 10 minute match before. I had a seven minute match in the WAL. Uh, and then that was like round two of five rounds. So I'm known for having those very, very long or just brutal and that's where I say my disgust for losing outweighs my opponent's desire to win. But when they say go, if I can keep you from pinning me, then it's my match to lose after that. Is this a growing sport? Is this a diminishing sport? Is it staying the same? Like, where do you see the future of arm wrestling going? So, for years, like I said, I started in 1990. Uh, we missed out on the 1996 Olympics. We were supposed to be a demonstration sport. We got beat out by women's beach volleyball. Obviously, you see why. Um, and then... We never really got another shot at it. You know, we were at the, we were in the Goodwill Games, done a few different things like that. I do think it's going to follow a similar path to UFC, hopefully. And I'll tell you why it's growing now. While we're probably in the biggest growth of arm wrestling ever, although there has been on you know ESPN or it's been on eight, uh, in, uh, was it ABC's Wild World of Sports or over the top, all those different times where arm wrestling could have taken off. It's because of COVID. Uh, traditional sports were not being seen, so people went to the internet and they found arm wrestling. And arm wrestling right now is probably in the biggest growth curve it's ever had. And that's why my wife and I, we we are three weeks into a six-month tour across the United States in a wrapped RV. So we pull up in this wrapped RV that's screaming picture of me on the side of it. And we pull out the arm wrestling table and we just take on all comers. So um, three weeks into six months, we're going to hit all 48 states. Um, are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Let's do it. What's your favorite pump-up music to get ready? My favorite pump-up music. Uh, I like. I feel like a monster from Skillet. That's pretty good, right? But do you like it because your nickname is Monster, or do you just like the song? I, I'm a little bit of both. A little bit of both. It just gets me fired. Something about it. Who is the Michael Jordan of arm wrestling? All time. All time. And if it's you, say it's you. Greatest of all time is always going to be John Brzezink. He dominated in an era of arm wrestling that will never exist again. So... He basically went 20-plus years with very few losses, took on people from all across the world in different weight classes. doesn't matter. He was a six foot two, 210, 220-pound guy most of his career. And uh, this sport is not – it's evolved so much since then. No one will ever be able to do – no one will be able to go that long without losing. No one will be able to take – because there are real freaks out there now. Um, I, would, I would say that I'm amongst the greatest of all time because I've, I've won every – I've won the – world title of every professional league that's existed in the last 10, 15 years. Um, I have taken the losses over the years, but uh, John Brzezink is definitely the greatest of all time. Probably one of the best ambassadors the sport's ever seen is Devin Larry from Canada. He, uh, 20-year special forces, badass dude. And then, I've, you know, I've done my part. I've, I've traveled the world. I've done a lot of things and had a lot of fun. But there, there's, there's a lot of legends out there. It's just an honor for me to be considered among the best that's ever done it. So that's cool. Now, can this be a this can this be a full time living for most professionals? No, <laughs> it cannot. Um, who knows? It might in the future. Uh, with the social media platform, with YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff, a person now could build a brand big enough. 
um, to where they could live full time through, you know, their YouTube money or their sponsors or whatever. The sport of arm wrestling, I may have made a half a million dollars in 31 years. I could have worked at McDonald's and made more money. You know, I have had an amazing life full of life experiences, traveled a lot of interesting places, met a lot of interesting people, made a lot of amazing friends. But as far as, you know, the monetary side of the sport, you know, I might make 40000 a year. So, Still, as long, I mean, man, I'd rather make that doing what I like than, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm blessed right now with this tour, right? This tour is really helping us out and with the connections and people meeting. You know, there's different opportunities that are being presented. There's, there may end up being, uh, I actually got called the other day, uh, there's a, a reality TV show that was put out, and the first season's going to hit, and it's, it's seen a lot of success with it. And they're like, hey, I'd like for you to be involved in the second season, which is a celebrity edition. I'm like, oh, you're considering me a celebrity? All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was the win right there. Just still consider me a celebrity was the win. So you never know, man. Uh, I'm just, we're not promised tomorrow, so I want to live my best day to day and do everything I can to. You know, I get to travel the United States with my wife, who's my best friend, and my two dogs, and I'm blessed right now. What do you like about it, right? Is it the competition or the winning or just the overall arm wrestling in and of itself? Well, here's the deal. Uh, I've been doing it for 31 years, so I've done it for two-thirds of my life, basically. Uh, so it's just part of me now. It's something I, when I, when I was younger, I fell in love with it, the one-on-one. The, I mean, the thrill of victory is amazing. I hate I hate the way it feels to lose, though. So that's why, that's why I say my disgust for losing while well, I my opponent's desire to win because I just hate the way that feels. Um but I think a lot of it's just, you know, the camaraderie, the family. The uh, I, I took my first loss in three years recently um, in Dubai, and that took so much pressure off me because with social media, with YouTube, if you take a loss even in practice, people are just tearing you apart, you know. And now, I mean, I, I took my first professional loss in three years. Yes, I'm hungry to avenge that loss. But right now, I'm just enjoying the uh, – the fact that I don't have all the pressure. Now, I'm still the, the WAL champ. I'm still the UAL champ. I'm still the Arm Wars champ. So I still hold several world titles because it was a non-title match. But it was a match that was important to me. And, you know, I, I didn't come out on top that day. But now with this tour and everything that we're doing, I'm just blessed to be in a position to where I can go out, I can arm wrestle, I can have fun. When do you generally know that, like, you've got, you've got, you've got a guy? As soon as they say go and I don't get pinned, I'm like, I got your ass. <laughs> now, it's not always going to be that way, but most of the time, if I can stop the match, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm a very, I'm very good at, uh, you know, as long as I'm in the match, as long as there's not a huge discrepancy in strength, as long as the strength is close, um, I'm almost always going to win. Is it pretty weight dependent, right? Like somebody comes in and this is a 125 pound person, like this isn't even a competition for me, but then somebody else could come in at 500 pounds and like you got no shot. Is it weight dependent? At all, kind of like boxing, uh, or uh, now the, the like my stepson's 170 pounds. He's seven-time national champion. He knows all the same techniques I know. Obviously, he can't beat me because he's 170 pounds. Um, so in that aspect, yes, strength. I mean, the weight, but the strength is not always de- determined by how much you weigh, right? Like I'm a 270-pound guy between 260, 280. Just depends on how much cake I'm eating. Um, but my strength going to be the same now as it would be if I was 300 probably and most like I said my training partner is 420 pounds and he is an animal but he and I he and I bang pretty hard so the, I'm, if the guy's 500 pounds I'm not worried about it, it it's not going to change the outcome as long as if his hand and wrist isn't strong enough to, to stop my pronation I'm going to crack that wrist back uh, 
is how it's going to go. <laughs> how many people's arms have you broken? I've never broken anyone's arm. I had a hold of a guy's hand when he broke his own arm. I didn't break it. I was holding on to him, and he dove in his arm snap. Uh, so it's very easy. It's sad. But if you get in a bad position and you put the right amount of force, your arm will snap. And I was just holding on to this dude, kind of training him, and he just dove from the outside move to the inside move, and he threw his shoulder in front of his hand and snapped his arm. Is it when that happens? Like, is it quick like that, or is it one of those things like, yeah. like yeah. a ba- like a bad board? You can feel yeah. it going, and then it goes. Yeah, sometimes you'll try to stop a match when you'll see him get into a bad position, and sometimes you just can't stop it before it snaps. All right, this one's. I think this one's going to be pretty obvious, but if it's not, go ahead and tell me. Best arm wrestling scene in a movie. I don't know if you remember the movie Fly, where the dude's wrist snaps, you know, years ago. And um, my wife's going to tell you it's going to be the one from uh, what is it, the uh, the vampire movies? What is it, honey? Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, when she when she becomes Breaking a, Dawn Part Two. Breaking Dawn Part Two. She just came to tell me she heard she heard in the interview where. Uh, Bella gets her strength and she she beats the dude over the, the stone and breaks the stone. She pins him. I don't know what what was going to be obvious. What, what did you think? Was gonna I be? was I guess I I phrased it incorrectly. I was thinking I was going to say best arm wrestling movie, which obviously has to be over, oh, the, over top, the top, right? Best arm wrestling movie would definitely be over the top. Um, they made a new one that was like a Korean movie. So I watched it on a plane called Champion. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And then they made a new movie. It's like a female arm wrestling thing. And I think it's got Dot Jones, who's one of the best female arm wrestlers of all time in it. I cannot remember the name of it. Golden Arm, maybe. And maybe Golden Arm is something new. I think, I don't know what it's been, what platform it's being released on. But over the top is definitely uh, the best arm wrestling movie. If there was, if there, I actually enjoyed it. I, I watched it before I was even arm wrestling. I was just a Sylvester Stallone fan when I was, you know, I think it was like 1984 or something like that when it came out, 85, 86. Is it, is it realistic in any way? Like, what do you think about the realism of over the top? Well, a lot of the scenes were a real movie. I mean, they did the over-the-top tournament. John Brzezink actually won that tractor truck. So they went around filming. And Marvin Cohen's a buddy of mine. He's the one who did all the product placement of that movie, got that whole thing going. So a lot of it's very real uh, because those scenes were actual scenes taken out of the actual tournament. There's this meme. I think I can ask this question directly. Have you seen this meme of Arnold and uh, Carl Weathers where they're, like, locking hands like that? Predator, yeah. Who went? Who do you think would have won that arm wrestling? Man, uh, I don't know. I've, I've met Arnold. I've never met Carl. I'm guessing Carl probably had the bigger hand. Now, obviously, Arnold had the bigger arm. But if Carl had a bigger hand and bigger wrist, I'd say Carl might be. He was a professional athlete, too. He's a professional football player, wasn't he? I don't remember what he was. He just he always had an amazing physique. You know, him and Rocky. And I don't know if you ever saw Action Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I've seen action. Talk to me about Action Jackson, man. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm old school '80s. Uh, like I watched every B-rated martial arts movie. I don't know if you saw Best of the Best or The Last Dragon. Uh, man, I got the glow. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so your nickname, obviously, Monster Michael Todd, is the best nickname. Who else do you think though has a great nickname? Oh man, well, no limits, Devin Larry. Um, and you know when I did beat him in 2000. 18 and all the hype leading up to that match i started hashtagging i'm your limit everywhere right and after i hit him in round five i'm like I'm your limit right but no limits definitely what it is he's, he's a massive human being he's i mean he's six foot six he's got very long labors and you've heard the adage if you have a lever big enough you can move the world and he he is that guy he, he is genetically gifted to be great at this sport 
and he is he's a professor of what he does. He's very, very good. He, he picks everything apart. So no limits makes sense for him because if you take a big, bad, strong version of that dude, he almost has no limits, right? What, why is it why is it so important how big somebody's hand is, specifically the hand? Well, if you have a long fingers, you get to wrap further around your opponent, right? So it's about control. So if I can take your hand and control where your hand goes, it doesn't matter. That's your weakest link, like a hand and the wrist. If I can take that and control, that doesn't matter how big your bicep is, how big your back is. I'm taking away the, the spot that all that power translates through. Last time that you ran into somebody, whether like a celebrity, somebody that we have known, or just a random person, where you were like, oh, wow, they, could, they, could, they got it. It has been a while. Um, you do do you do run into those people that like if you talk to Devin Larry, he says Shaq has the most potential anyone's ever arm wrestled. But Shaq's seven foot two and his hand is enormous, you know? Yeah. Imagine that guy grabbing a hold of you and you teach him how to arm wrestle. He just said his natural power was ridiculous. Um, what's weird is you say you're doing a beat the champ or you're doing a, a arm wrestling thing at a fitness expo. Those fitness models are really strong for some reason. Like really? Weird. Like, they're way stronger than the bodybuilders most of the time. Rock climbers are always strong. Mechanics, carpenters, pipe fitters, anyone who just works with their hands. That's really all the questions I got, man. What's kind of coming up next for you? We'll be on the road for the Northwest portion. That's going to be about a four-week tour. Hopefully, we're collaborating with Brian Shaw, you know, four-time World Strongest Man, to be, you know, do some stuff with him. Get a, you know, he's 6'8", 400-plus pounds, so that would be a great guy to get on the table. And he's got world-class grip strength. So if I could teach him how to arm wrestle, I think he could be pretty good. Um, then we'll probably we'll go up to South Dakota, go to Mount Rushmore. I've never got to go there. And that uh, just so happens we'll be there right in the middle of Sturgis. So we'll probably take the wrapped RV. So we got we bought an H2 Hummer that we're about to get wrapped to match the RV. So we'll be pulling the Hummer behind it. So some of the places we can't get to, we'll just take the Hummer in. And we'll have the arm wrestling table thrown up in the back yet. So I figure we'll take the RV down to Sturgis, do a beat the champ against some bikers. That should be fun. And then we'll go over to Yellowstone, have a great time. We got to, oh, I finish up next month's tour uh, to Stan Efferty, who's one of the strongest bodybuilders ever. Uh, he's training John Jones for his next fight. So he said, next time you're in Albuquerque, come in for a workout. So I'm going to go work out with him and John Jones and maybe get in a cage and roll around with John Jones. We'll make him a butt kick. So uh, that's the second tour. And then, then we've got four more legs. I'll be at the half for uh, Eddie Hall fight in Jacksonville, September 18th. So I'll be, that'll be part of our, our Mid-South tour. So I'll go, I'll go do some stuff with The Undertaker. Then um, I'll go... Uh, you know, to Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, end up in Jacksonville, do some stuff there, come back to Atlanta, maybe have a practice. And then we'll fly back into Savannah October 2nd, 3rd for the charity weekend event. I want to thank Michael so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter. And we have also included his information in the episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. How do you generally feel about losing? I will tell you it's okay to come in second or but man, when I'm actually out there, I'm uh I'm the complete other way. I hate losing at anything really? pretty much. Really? You know, like I, I have some friends like we used to get together on Thursday nights and play ping pong and drink beers and it's like that would turn into like I have to be the best. Playing video games, I don't want to lose, you know? I just don't want to lose. See, I have heard a lot of men say this, and this is one of the things that fueled our guest. But I've ne generally never cared if I won or lost. I would, I would, I would say I'm one of the few people that I would actually rather lose. 
because but that I, mean I didn't. That would mean I didn't have to continue to do that thing. But I mean, if, if you were if you were passionate about something, you would not want to lose. I am passionate and in competition with myself. But if I feel like, all right, I've done as well as I can, I could kind of care less if I won or lost. See, like, I understand what you're saying. I'm I'm the kind, I don't want to say it's it's an idiot, because there's a lot of people out there I feel like that feel like me. But I, I could be on a basketball court with somebody who is very, very good, and I'm going to think, I might stand a chance. And then when I when I suck or I lose twenty one to nothing, I'll get angry about it. Even though in reality I had absolutely no chance whatsoever. But I'm an eternal optimist, I suppose. See, when I played high school sports, I would actually rather lose so that we could go home. <laughs> I never want to lose at anything, even though I've lost plenty. It's actually an interesting point you 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 kind of bring up, which now I'm gonna go into a rant and I apologize for this. But it's kind of like the Simone Biles thing in the Olympics, where it's it's being looked at now, which won't matter. But, you know, are kids, is there too much pressure on them as kids to be the best at, you know, in that case, it's a sport. But, you know, traveling all the time and doing this and, you know, just basically not being kids. Some some kids, of course, um, you know, like is there just too much pressure at a young age to not lose. I think that our generation is the first, John and I are in our 30s, to really face the harsh reality that the dream that was promised to us is not actually capable of coming true for most people. Like we grew up with the idea of the American dream that you could just work hard and you could be the best and you could be rich and wealthy and powerful and famous. And the reality is that's probably not going to happen for you. So it's kind of like we've really been lied to. <laughs> and that's why I think that mental health is so much more difficult for us because we were promised something and told something and it's just not going to come true for most people. It you you were lied to your whole life and now the reality is setting in. I would I mean I because I don't really have anything else to add. You said it you actually said it quite well. How do you feel about the Simone Biles thing? What do you think? I mean I'm I'm all for mental health. I mean, you know, my my only uh my only that's not a gripe. I don't know. It's just you prepare for five years. You know, obviously she's having some issues or had some issues. I think she's going to actually compete this week. Um, but, you know, if you're not in the right mind frame or mindset, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that's on you. But then again, at the same point, I mean, mental health can just come out of the blue, right? Like it doesn't have to be something that comes over time. So, you know, I I guess all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that she realized that the Olympics are just – a competition and she needed to take some time for herself. So it's definitely a difficult thing when you think about it, because you are, you are kind of taught to push through and would somebody who maybe, I don't want to use the word give up, but I'll use the word give up. Would somebody who gave up, who central, who walked away, regret it later and say, man, I wish I would have been able to do this. But then I'm also always remembered of number one, my grandpappy's advice and a quote from the wire Grandpappy Vincent would say, try, try again, try one more time, and then quit. There's no reason to be a damn fool about it. And then The Wire would say, a man knows when to walk away. Like, that's <laughs> that's almost in some ways even harder is to be like, you know what? I can't do this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people like us are, are, are going to say like, oh, well, it's, you know, you get to compete in the Olympics, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's a privilege. 
you know, once again, she's there because she can do things that most people can't. So she's saying she needs to back out or whatever, or take some days for herself. Uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm all for it. Plus uh, I'm, I was amazed. You know, I, we've talked about, you made, you made jokes at, at my expense about my love for, for the Olympics and things. Um, I, I am kind of, there are more athletes that live in America that represent countries around the world at this, at this edition of the Olympics than I think ever before. And, and to me, it's just like, man, why not just represent America? That would just be the American Olympics. Well, I think that some people probably do have legitimate, like adopted countries. And then in some cases it's probably like, right. so they probably, I, I would say that there's probably an equal mix of people who go somewhere else because they true or they, they represent that country because they truly more identify more with that country. And then people who are like, I just can't get past Simone Biles. So <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I'm going to go compete for Lithuania. I don't want to say I've been disappointed in the Olympics, but I just, uh, man, well, I think it's the overall. I think it's the overall time that we live in, where you just kind of like, man, it's got other shit going on right now. Okay, all right. Well, let's move on now that your rain's gone. <laughs> We're gonna get some shout outs that I'm. Oh, gonna I got here. I got the quote. I got the quote from the wire wrong. It said the quote is "Sheep get led to slaughter. A man knows when to walk away." The only quote I really remember from that show is, "You come at the king." You best not miss. Yeah, you yeah, that's true, right? Omar, man. That is true. Omar. Omar, Omar coming. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's 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 knock this out here. Um so some shout outs coming at you. We'll start with uh Lauren. Appreciate you. Uh Tyler Stockman, Connor, Paul Maloof, Kim Lynn, Sarah, Madison Lee, Katie Shane. Martin Milham, and then uh, I'm going to end on Dre Bear just because that's a pretty awesome uh, handle there. So shout-outs to all you. Appreciate you all for checking us out, and uh, hopefully I didn't screw anyone's name up too terribly. Okay, new month, candle of the month. Let's go. Uh, it's probably going to be the hottest month for some. So uh, you want something, you know, like maybe a little citrusy, maybe something fresh, something kind of cool, maybe like some aqua breeze, you know, or or like, you know, Maybe uh, maybe like some ocean wave with maybe a little bit of citrus, something like that. So something okay. something light colored, something blue colored, do you well in August. Uh, first one is, would you rather be in jail for five years or in a coma for a decade? Oh, actually, when you, once you think about it, it depends. Okay, well, how? wait a minute. At what age do I go into the coma? Because, all right, here's my here, – because if I go into the coma at 35 – and I come out at 45, like I'm a, now I've lost my physical, like a good amount of, if I come out at an age where I am, my physical capabilities are significantly different, mm -hmm. then I would rather go to prison, right? So I would rather go to prison from 20, 25, 30, 35, and 40. <laughs> but I, I could be in a coma from 50 to 60. Like okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to have that many much of a physical change. So really, it would depend on how much my body will change in that amount of time. <laughs> I just coma, just to be simple, I would just pick prison because you can still talk to your loved ones. It's probably going to be a lot worse than the coma, but um, I would probably pick yeah. prison. I guess it's a combination between an easy five year or a hard five years or an easy ten. 
<laughs> but then you wake up in 10 years and like every you know everything's aged to 10 years oh yeah but but you can bounce back from the coma right like if you've been in prison for five years you're gonna have the effects of being in prison the whole rest of your life right like yeah coma you just like snap back <laughs> coma you're almost like yeah you've missed out on these 10 years but then suddenly you're the guy who just woke up one day completely fine after 10 years and you're launched right back in. Like you can get your 15 minutes of fame. You can get your life back on track, right? <laughs> your wife has probably left you, but now you're famous and on TV, so you can get a new one. Like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Right. I don't. How long yeah. was he gone for? Do you remember? Was it four years, three years? I don't know, but Wilson didn't make it back, and that's the only thing that matters, John. <laughs> R.I.P. No, he, he, R. I. Deserved, he, he deserved what happened to him. Anyways, um, the other question is, uh, would you rather – have Danny DeVito or Danny Trejo play you in a movie? <laughs> oh, probably Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but when I was thinking of actors to put together, I thought like Danny DeVito is your stature. I mean, not, I mean, you're way smaller than him, but then I'm like, <laughs> but then like Danny Trejo, like, uh, you know, is you look nothing like him, but it would just be hilarious. Now, would you rather have Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci? <laughs> for me or you for either one. Oh, i mean I, i'm definitely i would definitely go joe pesci though i'm probably look more like danny devito see i would actually rather have danny devito play me than joe pesci but if i had a choice between danny devito and danny trejo you go <laughs> danny trejo <laughs> man danny trejo like he's just when he goes man it's gonna be like there goes like the Samuel L. Jackson of like B actors, you know? Right. He's probably the most well-known B actor for people who aren't immediately realize who Danny Trejo is. He's the guy in like machete. Yeah, he's Hispanic in con air. He's, con you know, air kind of played I mean, like plays the, the, the crazy bad guy really well. Scary yeah, bad guy. Scary yeah, good guy. He's been in a lot of horror movies recently and things and it's been all over. Like he did spy kids back in the day. It just, all over the all over the map for him. Okay, all right, that was good. That was good. Mm -hmm. My uh, my <laughs> my current events thing for you. I wanted to talk Simone Biles. We already did that. Whatever. Um, I I've been seeing a lot of articles coming up recently about the comeback of the minivan, and I wanted to ask you, you being a father of two, would you ever stoop so low as to buy a fucking minivan? I've driven a minivan on a rental vaca on a vacation once when it was our rental when the other car didn't come through for some reason. Uh, it's kind of fun for a couple of moments. It's a very practical car. It's not that expensive. It does have a lot of space. If you've got a lot of kids and you know middle class, it's probably a great car for you. But I would never want to be able to drive that minivan. It's like a guy who walks through my neighborhood and he has a cat front pack on in which he carries a cat in a backpack on his front and you just look like oh, you just can't, like your dignity is gone as a man do you immediately you want to tackle that person i have had a, a conversation with my wife now granted we were under the influence of alcohol and drugs at the time <laughs> but i told her i as a man am going to have to walk across the street and slap that man to knock some sense back into him so he remembers who he is because you just can't walk around a neighborhood with a cat front pack on. You just can't do it. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I don't care what your sexuality is, what your background is, anything. You just can't do that as a man. I Whether mean, you're a biological man or you've transitioned into a man, it's just not an acceptable thing to be walking around with a cat front pack. And quite frankly, the people who sold it to him should have been ashamed of themselves and should be locked up. <laughs> I'm all right with it. Let them do it. I mean, whatever. No, you can't. There's things you can't do. And just somebody's got to re- somebody's got to slap some sense back. Like, hey, man, you got to get out of this phase of your life. And he would, <laughs> he would, he would thank you for it down the road. Yeah, I, I'm sure he would, but. What if he didn't? Maybe he likes he wearing would. cats, man. I don't know. Hey, fine, but put it on your back. Then otherwise, it's like the cat is walking you, and that's just not acceptable. All right, you ready for a top five? I'm ready for our top five. So our top five, because we have an arm wrestler, arm wrestling champion on as the guest, we decided we would pick top five body parts. Um, and these are non-sexual. Can't pick any. You can't pick anything around the chest or the genital area. All so right. what's your top five? What's your top five body parts? All right, so let's uh, I'm gonna start off here. We're going to go with the lungs as my number five. Why? Because you need them. They're essential to every – I mean, you need them. They're essential to you, – you need at least one. So they, they there's three organs on my list that you have to have on there for, for reasons. And lungs, we'll start with lungs. See, I didn't go with the biological imperative kind of stuff. Like, oh, you can't live without this. Well, that's I why that. That's why. hopefully those out there listening to this will have half of them do it your way and half of them do it my way. Okay, my number four, my number five, rather, for example, is lips. Like, think of what people would look like without lips. They'd look ridiculous. you got to have lips. Think of how stupid we would look without lips. Yeah, it would be pretty bad. It'd be, right. It would be pretty stupid. Uh, or like if right now, because no one can see this, uh, there's pimple or the big pimple right under my lip and it hurts like a motherfucker. So, oh God, man, John had one of those when he gets on the camera because I can see him. And it was one of those like dead set in the middle, right underneath his lip. Not where you're unsure if that person just has a cold sore or a pimple or maybe some sort of herpes, but it was underneath <laughs> that, that, that key questionable area. But it was one of those that's like big and you can see the whitehead part of it. And you're wondering why hasn't this fucking person popped this thing on their face. <laughs> and it's right next to John's facial hair, which looks like a flavor saver, which is ridiculous. We'll just move on. Um, what 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 part of someone's face, though, do you, do you think someone would look weirdest without? Lips, nose, or ears? A nose, I think, for sure. You think they'd, you think they'd look, look weirder without a nose than they yeah. would without lips? It's like that dude, uh, what, Harry Potter, right? One of the Voldemort. Oh, yeah, or Snape. Or Snape, yeah, he didn't have a nose. And he looked oh, that's really... not Snape. You're, you're right. That's was Voldemort. I right? Voldemort, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He didn't have a nose, and I was like, whoa, that dude's missing a nose. Shout out to Professor McGonagall, best character in um, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, well, I we butchered right. the shit out of that. I did. Yeah, people without ears. You don't really notice somebody's ears for most part. No, you but I would say that people would probably look People would look the most different. People would look the strangest without a nose. You're right. Okay, what's your number four? Uh, so my number four, I have... Uh, you're going to hate it, but it's I have the brain. You're going to put... I understand the idea of having brain on there, but how are you going to put it at number four and say, you know what? There's three more important things than your brain. Well, so yes, the, uh, you know, I'll get to the other three, but the brain, I, I, I needed to include it on the list. I don't but think how I would you not put it at number one. 
you know, I have a couple other things that are above it, which I'll get to. I just, you know, I had to put the brain on the list. Okay, so obviously for me, the brain is number one. Okay. Because I don't understand how you could put anything above the brain. Okay. Like, oh, you know what's more important? My big toe. Well, I mean, listen, I, I started off, uh, you know, serious. Maybe I took a little bit more of a uh, comedic approach to my, my, my number one. We'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. What's I mean, your- the penis is a ridiculous looking body part. I was going to say, what's the, what's the funniest body part? We'll find out. But nothing's funnier than the penis. That thing looks so freaking stupid. <laughs> it's not even funny, like, for the way it looks. Just what's your number four? It's what? ridiculous looking. Like we should be able, men should be able to like tuck it back up inside of us, so we don't. Oh, I guess we can do that. Never mind. We should probably just move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my number, my number four is the tongue. You really like number one. Uh, the tongue kind of cool, very useful. Helps you talk. <laughs> helps you eat. The t- I just don't know. Like you go from from that to a tongue. Yes, the tongue is. It's a very vital organ. You also wouldn't be able to 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 say most things as you just. Uh, no, it's, I'm, I'm flustered. I got nothing. I'm thinking about a lot of other things right now. I can't think that I've ever really seen somebody aside from Mick Jagger and thought that that person has a big tongue. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I, I've never really been like, wow, that person has a gigantic tongue. Okay, I'm going to show you my tongue. Okay. Let me see your tongue. Yeah, right. Like, it looks like a tongue. I couldn't tell if you had a big tongue, a normal tongue, or anything oh. in between. I really just want to move on here before we both say something we regret. Okay. All right. What's your number three? Uh, the eyes. You need your eyes. I don't, I don't understand your thought process whatsoever. <laughs> I just want to know what's more important than your brain and your eyes. That seems to me to be ridiculous. My number three is the thumb. <laughs> I mean, you're going to give me about, shit, but you have the okay. thumb as the number three. Yeah, the thumb is probably one of our most important things. Think of all of the things we basically as a species exist and are the way that we are because of the thumb. What separates us from dogs and cats and all the other animals? The thumb, man. Think of what you can do simply because you are able to grip and hold on to something. You can't do that without the thumb. Dogs can't pick up soda cans. <laughs> Without the thumb, we're no, we're nothing, no. man. We're still in the we're still swinging in the. We can't even swing in the jungle. We're just no. walking through the jungle because we can't grab the branches. But, the thumb is probably for our evolution, next to the brain, the single most important body part that we have. No, yeah. no, my my number two is the heart, and I think it's much more. The heart is much more imperative than a thumb. But all. All mammals have thumbs, or I mean heart, heart. All mammals have <laughs> hearts and brains. We're where we are because of the thumb. I'm not necessarily disputing that. I just, I also think that if if the thumb wasn't, you know, given to us, we would learn how to do things with four fingers. Okay, so then why hasn't a, a dog, why can't a dog just walk around holding stuff? I mean, I don't much do upstairs. My dog does all that. Not with its paws. <laughs> no, I, you're right. I mean, it, it it is. It's. I don't know if it's top five worthy, but it's it's everything oh, you say. It is. That's probably. I honestly would make a strong consideration for somebody who said the thumb is the most important body part. 
I mean, if you're going for, uh, you know, outside of the brain and the heart and my number one, then yes, I would I would agree. Because speaking with the many scientists who have appeared on this program, we may not actually be that much smarter than a lot of other animals in terms of just overall intelligence. But what separates us is because we have a thumb. That's it. Nobody else got a thumb, man. It's just us. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to yell about it. We got it. You, you're really passionate here. I'm just telling you. I'm just letting you know. What's your number two? Eyes. Okay. Yeah. So I went heart. You went eyes. You got pretty okay. eyes. All right. You ready for my number what one? Did you just say? What did you just compliment my eyes? Yeah. So you got pretty eyes over there. Uh, okay. All right. It's fine. Don't don't blush too much. Uh, so my number one is the liver. <laughs> Oh God! This is a man who'd once got past got kidney scones because he drank so much Mountain Dew he almost died. Literally, that's not a joke. I've literally well, listen. I, I have I have two main points as to why the liver is number one for me. First, it's the a vital organ. It, it's outside the heart and the brain. It's probably the most vital organ. You maybe even more vital than either of those because kind of once you fuck it up beyond a certain point, there's no coming back. Like at all, it regenerates, but only to a certain point. Second, if we didn't have livers, none of us would really be able to consume alcohol. Mm. Well, I mean, if we didn't have thumbs, we wouldn't be able to either. I mean, but someone would find a way to create something for four fingers, you know, like we would do something. Think about how hard it would be to go to the bar without thumbs. (laughs) <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna make you a deal uh, on the podcast and in, in, in front of everyone that's listening that doesn't give a shit. We will go to the bar next time you and I are together. We're only gonna use our four fingers. You can't. You cannot use your thumb. <laughs> we can have a start of the thumb challenge. See how long. See how far you can go in your day without using your thumb. I bet you uh, don't get very far. I, I I I I'm I'm down to try it. I think we should challenge everyone out there. I wonder how far, honestly, someone could get with not using their thumb. Think about this, and this will sell my thumb argument as 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 as, as the definitive argument. Let's say you want to enjoy some solo pleasure time. How are you doing it without your thumb? Well, I mean, they they make certain things that you could just you know. No, that's but you can't hold them. I mean, well, I mean, you can't once, surf the web and hold that at the same time. Once again, somebody would find a way to create a way to use the, the four fingers. You know what would happen, man? Because if oh, any I'm sure somebody would, but how are they going to create it without their thumb? I mean, let's get someone on here with no thumbs and, and interview them. Somebody doesn't have to have thumbs, I'm sure, out there. There's nobody alive without thumbs. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they they are they are dead. There's just no saying. one alive without thumbs. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Uh, my number one is obviously the brain. I think we could go through honorable mention, but let's go ahead and do this. And look, we uh, this is no offense to anybody who has lost body parts. We sympathize with you. We're not trying to make fun of you or anything like that. But um, I would be okay without my mouth. You know, like I don't need to talk look. through a straw. Or through well, a how are you going to do that? You can't eat through a straw without a mouth. No, they'll I stick in my throat. An oh, yeah, they'll right. stick in my throat. Okay, without a mouth. Um, See, I'd rather lose my nose. I would lose my nose before I lost my mouth. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, me too. I my mouth's probably the last thing I'd want to lose. I'd rather lose my nose, ears, and and uh, well, no, I, I would I would rather lose my my mouth and my eyes. I'd rather see the world than taste the world. If that makes sense. Yeah, but you'd have to then you would see everybody's look at you when they saw you without a mouth. That would be probably the weirdest, actually. It'd be really weird to see somebody without lips, without a nose. It'd be really weird to see somebody without a mouth. Oh, that's yeah. freaky, man. That's freaky when you see that on movies and stuff. Ooh, that looks weird. <laughs> Coming from a guy who doesn't watch scary movies. I don't. I don't want to see people without mouths. Yeah, I mean, I could probably lose some ribs. I'd be all right without a couple of ribs, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ribs and... You What's know. your honorable mention body parts? Um, so let's see. So I had hands, feet, nose, ears, uh, and then and then the kidneys. You know, and, oh, and, and the a... intestine and and then the, the intestines too. You know, I could go in there and eyelids are pretty. People would look weird without eyelids, man. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be kind of weird to look at for sure. Neck kind of need a neck i mean there's a I lot could of lose a neck yeah there's a lot of people doing necks yeah i could definitely lose a neck honestly yeah honestly you know what if i was gonna go ahead and say of all the body parts that i would want to lose and like i could continue to operate in my normal functionality i'd lose a neck i mean it's not gonna matter to you you're already five foot six but um yeah I'm, i'd be okay losing a neck Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share, leave a review. We really appreciate it. Let us know what your favorite body parts are. I mean, John had some good ones, but you can't put the brain behind anything else. It runs everything. The brain, if you're going to go that route, has to be number one. Otherwise, your list just doesn't make any sense. Behind anything else. It runs everything. The brain, if you're going to go that route, has to be number one. Otherwise, your list just doesn't make any sense. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.